You're listening to SMSF Connect podcast on iRadio Live that brings you programs covering a variety of genres under development. Hello and welcome to the SMSF Connect podcast where we aim to bring you the experiences and insights of people and companies who are making significant contributions towards social development. Our podcast is dedicated to creating a platform for sharing stories, best practices and innovations that are driving positive social impact in our communities. In this episode of Let's Connect with your show host Pooja Oberoi Murada, we are delighted to have with us Mr. Gaurav Mehta, who's the head of marketing, public relations and corporate communications at DCB Bank. Gaurav joined DCB Bank in March 2008 and he has over 32 years of professional experience. To introduce you to our partner with the listeners, DCB Bank is a new generation private sector bank with 418 branches as on 31st December 2022 across India. DCB Bank has deep roots in India since its inception in 1930. The bank also has a long ingrained culture of social responsibility. The CSR front of the DCB bank makes a strong case of their contribution to some of the very important sustainable development goals, especially the goals 6 and 17 that are related to water and partnerships. So friends, sit back, relax and without further ado, let's connect with Gaurav to learn more about DCB Bank's CSR journey and how they are making a difference in the world. Hello Gaurav, happy to have you on our show today. I will ask you a few questions that are often uh, cross the mind of, you know, some of our NGO partners. Students often ask us who are studying CSR and of course people who are in the development space. So to begin with, if you could please let us know what are the CSR thrust areas of DCB Bank? Sure, Pooja. Thank you for having me here at the podcast. And to start off with our thrust areas, so DCB Bank's thrust areas are six, and we started with water being the main principle or the foundation for all that we do. Uh-huh. And then we've uh, taken that thrust area of water to include waste management, okay, uh, recycling, uh-huh. and uh, promoting startup tech in the social space related to uh, these areas of water. smart agri biodiversity uh, recycling and uh, we've also taken upon another thrust area is for uh, a preservation of heritage and uh, historical sites for india because if you remember the government had mm. a plan which mm. they called adopt uh, heritage mm-hmm. where uh, corporates could step in and uh, help preserve uh, sites forests mm. a whole a whole lot of things and uh, we also incorporated disaster relief mainly because we went through covid and yes. at that time a lot of other projects came to a standstill and we had to step in to help uh, our fellow country people and which is why disaster relief uh, specific to covid-19 became a part of our trust areas i'm sure many people would be thanking you for that true uh, but i don't think we ended up incorporating disaster relief for the thanks it was just that you we saw our project teams stuck in remote areas mm. we saw that our beneficiaries were obviously not interested in carrying on with the project mm-hmm. because everybody was 
rather concerned about protecting their oh, lives. Absolutely, yeah. And then came the influx from the cities, where mm. a whole lot of people moved back to their towns and cities and villages. So it was natural to step in at absolutely. that time and uh, yeah. try and do what we could to help people out at that time. Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I think all of us has witnessed uh, that tough time that came. So, uh, why has the bank chosen these as the focus areas? Is there a particular theory or thought behind this? Good question. So, there's a method to all this. Um, and the reason why we've chosen water is because the bank believes that the entire basis for what, for what our survival is and for what we do mm -hmm. on this planet, uh, the bedrock is water. And yes, education is equally important. A healthy life is also important. So there's a lot of thrust areas that mm -hmm. corporates and the government wants people to adopt. Yeah. But our focus came to water because we felt that without water, uh, the other elements that you have yeah. uh, for growing the GDP, for improving livelihoods, for mm -hmm. improving sustainable livelihoods, mm -hmm. for being able to have people who are able to be literate to work, uh, it all stems from the fact that if you don't have food, you don't have a healthy nation and if you don't have water yeah. you don't even have the food Absolutely. so uh, so we just went back to what we thought was the basics mm -hmm. and water was important and you know the other part is that um, a lot of our branches DCB bank branches are based in rural areas so that's uh, tier four five six and villages and water is essential for those areas because we're dealing with farmers we're dealing with people who want tractor loans, we're dealing with small enterprises, it's all dependent on water. And either it's water for rural areas, mm -hmm. or it's water for industry, or it's water for people like you and me who are in urban areas, mm -hmm. uh, who also draw, let's say, a larger than required share of water mm -hmm. from whatever available sources there are. And when you're looking at water, we started observing that there is pollution. Yeah. Plastic is pervasive. And uh, plastic in, in its various forms, HDPE, mm -hmm. Uh, recyclable, non-recyclable, uh, and a whole lot of other derivatives and variants are prolific. They are littering our streams, seas, beaches, you name it, yeah. you'll find the waste. So that's why we interrelated our thrust areas to say it's water, protection of water sources, groundwater development, uh, watershed development. Uh, these are core. And then waste management. And if there is waste, can mm -hmm. we repurpose that waste to something more useful? So hence recycling because uh, there is a way and there's a method to even derive value from the waste, right? Mm -hmm. uh, including wastewater, by the mm -hmm. way. And uh, so, which is why we derive those uh, trust areas. Sure. And that's how we are set in work, pursuing projects around the country with these trust areas. So interesting, um, you looked at water as an engine that mm -hmm. drived many other development projects True. with DCB. True. Uh, so who all are usually involved uh, in a corporate side to decide on which project to undertake? What is the, uh, you know, is there a strategy or is the team involved? Right. So, uh, yes, there is a strategy. We wish to be in places where DCP Bank has a branch presence. Okay. So we operate in those states. Uh, we have projects in those states. Uh, there is a reason for that because uh, the bank also has a philosophy of involving customers and employees okay. in activities that are non just pure maybe boring banking activities mm -hmm. for the outsiders. So we actively encourage a program called DCB Social. Okay. Uh, these are employee volunteers okay. and uh, they're very active. Over COVID, we had a huge impact. We didn't get volunteers, of course, 
they weren't allowed to step out. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, uh, we hope that we're able to get around 1,500, 2,000 volunteers every year to contribute to projects. So uh, one of, so one of the main reasons is to have projects that are close enough or we can reach those areas, mm-hmm. 40, 50, 60. Even we've done, in fact, a project at Anantapur mm-hmm. uh, with SM Cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, down south mm. so employees from Bangalore traveled all the way mm-hmm. uh, to the school and came back the same day so we've done stuff like that so one is does it have a DCB bank presence in and around that area two it's important to be able to keep a look out for the local communities after the project is done so our teams are available who can visit the sites once in a while to see what is happening to check on if things are fine yeah. so that serves as a good mm. connect with the communities uh, the third part is that uh, while this is, let's say, in the field, how we derive or develop the projects is that uh, we're always on the lookout for CSR partners who are related to our thrust areas. Mm-hmm. That's one. Uh, we also have a robust system of uh, internal committees mm-hmm. uh, for CSR, CSR and ESG now. Mm-hmm. CSR is Corporate Social Responsibility, ESG is Environmental, uh, Social and Governance. Wow. So uh, the ESG part is getting more active for corporates because uh, ESG is not just CSR, mm-hmm. it's CSR plus plus. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So the social aspects are things like are you being fair or equitable in the communities that you may be impacting? Uh, we are a bank, uh, but there are other industries who may be impacting it adversely, positively or negatively. So you've got to look at that how you engage with communities, how you engage with your employees, uh, are you able to, okay, then I'm going to introduce another acronym, DEI, Mm. diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. So Mm. DEI becomes a part of uh, the social aspect. And governance, of course, uh, what you mentioned in the first, in the question Mm. was that how do you create the projects and Mm. who reviews or who assesses the viability of these projects. So governance is not just CSR. Mm. Governance is, uh, do you have board committees? Okay. Uh, who are responsible for the various aspects of an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have rules and regulations in place? Uh, do you adhere to those rules? Uh, are you, do you, and if you're a listed entity like the bank is, then you're also, uh, your stakeholders become an external audience, which is employees, customers, uh, shareholders, mm-hmm. your regulators. In our case, regulators would be like, say, SEBI, RBI, and mm-hmm. a whole lot of other government agencies. Uh, you also have to do due diligence for reporting your CSR activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the MCA, Ministry yeah. of Corporate Affairs. So, uh, so as an organization, are you driving those behaviors that are adhering to rules, regulations? So the governance aspect comes out there. So even things like, does an organization have, let's say, uh, a committee or um, a process where prevention of sexual harassment uh, training is given, mm-hmm. awareness is created. Yeah. Uh, do you have um, a helpline that you may need to create for that? Do you provide uh, services or do you provide uh, access to employees for, let's say, not just work, but le- we have CSR. So are you able to create a better environment for your workplace, mm-hmm. uh, which which is important from a human resources uh, employee engagement point of view. So, yeah, it's rather huge. Wow, that's, that's interesting. And I'm sure our listeners would have learned a lot of things what goes behind mm-hmm. uh, in an organize in a company's site true, true. so yeah it's much more than just implementing uh, projects true so uh, for the benefit of our ngo partners again uh-huh. can you explain what process and principles are followed for identification 
implementation and monitoring of uh, these CSR projects. Okay. Mm, identification is trust areas. Okay. Location, the communities that the NGO wants to work with. <laughs> communities means that are they close enough to our branches or not. Okay. It's not a it's not a negative if the location is far away from our branches, but we need to know as to what is the impact that they intend to create. Mm -hmm. So a baseline of establishing what exists and what we propose to do and what the outcome might be. So that's important and clear to have. And also there are certain documentations that are important for the NGO partner to have. So basically the mandatory audited balance sheets, uh, registration with the government for the CSR number, I'm, I'm just taking, I'm just going down into a BOQ checklist like mm -hmm. this, but yeah, these are all, do you have the 12-way uh, certificate, are okay. you ATG compliant, uh, FCRA is not important for us because we deal with organizations in India, mm -hmm. uh, but so whole lot of that entire regulatory aspect has to be proper and up to date, it can't be, mm. there can't be any gaps in that, so we assess mm -hmm. that, uh, that is for a brand new partnership that we may want to get into with okay. an NGO. Uh, then comes uh, referral checks, ref checks. We are bankers, mm. so or we work. I work for a bank. I'm not a <laughs> core banker, but so ref checks, reference checks are exceedingly important. Okay. Uh, so two or three or four organizations that may have worked with uh, this particular NGO uh, referrals, uh, we would call them independently for uh, referral checks, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, good on ground. Presence, presence yeah. and mm -hmm. feedback from let's say other communities where they worked in the past. Okay. Uh, so we may do ref checks behind the scenes uh, with the recipients also mm -hmm. to understand what happened, how long was the project, uh, you know, the good, bad and the ugly. Uh, so once that is all in place, uh, then it goes into the next stage of uh, recommending it to an internal committee. Uh, then there's a CSR group, then there's a CSR and ESG committee. Mm -hmm. So that's how it goes step by step. And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Let's Connect with Gaurav Mehta, who's the Head of Marketing, PR, Corporate Communications at DCB Bank. Gaurav, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and sharing your insights and experiences with our listeners. And we look forward to seeing how DCB Bank's collaboration with SM Segal Foundation on projects continue to grow and evolve in the coming years and how your efforts to increase environment awareness in rural communities continue to contribute to achieving sustainable development goals on clean water, sanitation, climate and partnerships. So stay tuned with us for the next episode of Let's Connect with Gaurav Mehta. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for more. You can also listen to these podcasts on Spotify, Apple and Google.